gonna make me a major for this. I felt like he was up there, waiting for me to take the pain away. He just wanted to go out like a soldier, standing up. Right now, uh, in the world, we are, there are two types of people. People who are not in a cult, the cult of climate, and people that are. And the people that are, are in charge, and they are uh, on the precipice of destroying what is civilization as we know it. I use the analogy, my wife and I have our kitchen set up the way that we have it set up. But when we first moved into our house, we had everything sort of placed the way we thought things would work. But over time, you know, you find out that maybe the toaster would be better over here and maybe the coffee machine would be better over here and maybe this cupboard would be better for cups. And this. And, and, and over time, what tends to happen is that your environment uh, gets shaped by what is most efficient, you know, what, what works. And uh, the kitchen is very much a metaphor for society. Uh, because the way that things are in society, the way the hierarchy is, is structured, the way the economy is structured in some places, different than others. But eventually what ends up happening is that people put things together the most efficient that they can. Eventually, over time, people arrange their settings to make them comfortable, secure, uh, and safe. And it's what works. Well, now you've got a new group of people who are coming along and they're saying, no, we don't want the toaster over here. We want over there. And we think this would be better over here. And what they're doing is they're challenging all the established orders of society, thinking that change for change's sake is necessarily good. And it's wrong think. And it's destroying civilization. And this is why we're on the precipice with this ESG mandates, these just really ridiculous mandates that are going to do nothing but destroy businesses and make everything much more rich. And we are headed towards uh, every day now you read an article by some financial expert looking at charts and saying, this doesn't look good. I don't want to be the bummer. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it doesn't look good. And you know what? It doesn't look good. It looks really bad. It looks really bad, like worse than 2008. Worse than even right after 9-11. Worse than when Carter was in office. And I remember that back in the 80s. Uh, as bad as 1929, 32. There is even talk about advising people to get some cash out. Get the cash out of the bank. Uh, have some cash stashed. Uh, because there may come a time where there'll be a run on the banks. Because of the financial crisis that seems to be just over the horizon. And you see $32 trillion in debt. Our debt now is a higher percentage of our gross domestic product, what we produce. So it's taking more to, I mean, just paying off the debt, the interest of the debt takes up a huge percentage of the annual federal budget. And it does, it's like, it's like trying to get water out of a boat that has a hole in it and you're sinking and we're sinking. And part of the reason we're sinking is because of the way that we're thinking. And what I mean by that is we're choosing destructive policies ESG is just one of many policies being adopted by the climate change crowd, and that is the new cult, the cult of climate. It has replaced religion. Mother Earth is now the only thing that everybody thinks about, and they feel like they have to save her. From, from who? From us, of course. I mean, I, I kind of want to call these people the climate people, the people of the climate, because they're so obsessed with the climate being on a road, and it's all because of, of 
propaganda that has been perpetuated by an industry, the government and bureaucracy corporations have figured out, and I use the Tylenol metaphor because Tylenol came on the market as a response to the fact that aspirin in some people caused their stomach to hurt. They got a little tummy ache from eating aspirin. So the you know, corporation said, well, let's come up with a more expensive version of the aspirin and it'll be a little easier on the stomach and we'll call it Tylenol and we'll charge $4 a bottle. And uh, you could get aspirin for 100 tablets for under a buck, but you could get 20 tablets of Tylenol for $4. And lo and behold, Tylenol outsells aspirin, although aspirin is still mother's little secret. Uh, aspirin can cure a lot of problems. It was accidentally discovered. But its medicinal purposes are, are pretty uh, wide, pretty good. But the thing is, is I'll give you an example. We're having solar installed on our house. We live in Florida, so there's a lot of sunshine. But the only reason we're doing it is because our electric company is gouging us because they're charging us to convert to what they think are sustainable energy sources namely non-fossil fuel, but they have to charge more because it takes more to produce the same amount of energy that we need. It's like converting over to a high-octane gasoline. But the thing is, is that fossil fuels, cheap energy comes out of the ground. We know how to make it. We know how to deliver it. Our infrastructure is set up on it. Everything runs by it. And yet these, these fools at the EU and the IMF and the World Bank and all of these different institutions think that we can convert to non-fossil fuels to fuel this planet. We can't. And they're doing it because they firmly believe that the earth is going to die. They think that the earth is just going to continue to get warm because it's warm and because we keep breaking records every day. Every day you hear weather, well, it broke another record. It was one degree warmer today. We haven't seen it this warm since 1973. Well, records wouldn't be breaking every day. They would be sustained every day if there was truly a global warming problem. And the fact of the matter is, is life is better when it's warmer. Ah, but they don't tell you that. They want you to think that we need a perfect mixture of ice and sunshine and warmth. And that's not the way Mother Nature works. And I'll tell you what's going to happen to our world because they're stupid, because they don't know what they're doing. They think they know what they're doing, but they're just not. They're going to kill off. They're going to bring back the cold. They're going to reduce the carbon parts per million, parts per million, excuse me, in the atmosphere. And they think they can roll back the temperatures like turning down a thermometer. But what if they're wrong? What if they're wrong? What if reducing the carbon actually makes things colder and we end up having an ice age? Is that good for anybody? All right. We'll talk later about this subject and many more. I also want to talk about black crime in America today and what's fueling it. And I'm surprised that nobody's picking up on it, but I'm not surprised because I know that people don't like to talk about this kind of nasty little stuff. But we have to talk about it. Because it's real. There was a shooting at MSU earlier this week. Three people died. Five people seriously injured. The assailant killed himself. 
He left a note. They won't read it. I think that he killed people because they were white. A couple of weeks ago, there was a little girl or a little student, we don't know, in a small school that's six years old, took a gun to school, shot her teacher. Nice young lady, Caucasian gal. They won't reveal the identity of the student. Why is that? No pictures, not even the pictures of the parents. Could it be that the little girl was told that white people were mean and evil, and so she thought it upon herself to go to school, take one of them out? And when you see all these videos of kids getting beat up in school buses and in locker rooms, what do you see? See, I know a little bit about this stuff because I grew up in Watts, Linwood, Compton, South L.A. as a white kid during the 60s and 70s. It was not a pretty time, and I was on my guard because I got my ass kicked quite a bit, so I know how it feels. I'm not sure if anything's changed, but I do know that people today feel like they can get away with stuff, and that's what's happening. Uh, young uh, African-American kids are being told, you know what, you have a right to be angry, and they hear it every single day, and that's where we're headed. Now, are you proud of yourself? Speaking out. America, JR. JR here. We'll be back. It is rather embarrassing what we're seeing from the Biden administration, but not surprising. It is a metaphor for the rest of the country. East Palestine, Ohio, train derailment about a week ago. A couple of the, I guess, cars had this highly toxic chemical that had to be burned off, and it created a a massive cloud of this black tar, looked like oil in the form of mist dripping down onto the pavement, in the rivers, just, it's like Armageddon, really. One one resident actually described it as Armageddon. It is a metaphor because it is exactly what the Biden administration has been doing now for the past two years, leaving messes behind. That's what it is. It's leaving messes behind. Wherever they wherever they go, they, they leave these me- messes for everybody else to clean up. Afghanistan, what we see now happening in Ukraine because we're arming them and dragging them further and further down the gates of hell. It's actually quite distressing, really. And here's one gentleman from the East Palestine area who is there living this nightmare. Uh, it was a little boy that had asked uh, why he can't play outside uh, and in the creek uh, due to this smell. And the Ohio EPA guy responded and said, uh, well, it's it, the smell is not it's not harmful. It's just uh, a mixture of dead fish and uh, chemicals. Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg could really make this town more confident and make them feel less helpless with doing something as simple as just visiting. OK, because they feel forgotten. They, they feel forgotten. They feel like they're going to be just left behind once everyone from the media is gone. And, you know, who knows what, what, what happens after that? 
Well, I, I know what happens after that. We, we saw it in a great movie and book based on a true story of what happens. Uh, the Civil Action with John Travolta, you might remember, also Robert Duvall in that movie, is based on fact in Massachusetts. It was a small town. There had been a leathering factory, and there were two major companies, a pharmaceutical, uh, uh, sort of, a, you know, those companies that make chemicals. And then there was another company, and they were both involved, and they both denied any culpability. Nearby lakes where this factory, where they were doing tanning, they were literally dumping barrels of oil into the water, waste. People started to get sick. People started to die. Their hair started to fall out. But nobody would do anything. Even the lawyer, he gave everything up to try to fight for these people, but he kept getting stonewalled. The Stonewall administration, that's a good description of Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg. They don't take accountability for anybody or anything that happens. The baby formula, supply chain, not our fault. FAA grounds all those airlines because of that system that they have. It got upgraded and somebody, I guess, hit delete. Oops, not our fault. Now it's the railroad tracks, not our fault. But we're going to build back better. And everything's okay, by the way. Drink the water. Drink bottled water. And this is what our government is doing for us. You know, in potential, we have a great government. We just have horrible leadership. And these people who, who act as if they care, well, look at their history. They leave behind messes. Look at Afghanistan. Billions of dollars of weaponry now in the hands of our enemies. Probably being used by, the so or, uh, by Russia or in other parts of the world where there's conflict. In fact, you can count on it. I mean, we left billions of dollars of weaponry in the hands of the Taliban. What do you think they did with it? They made money on it or they're using it. That's a mess. We left over 600 people over there supporting Americans or Americans. Uh, we don't even know how many of them are still alive. And what happens with Ukraine? Do, do we clean that mess up too once it's all said and done? There was an article the other day that came out from a French, see if I can find it here. Uh, and it, 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 this man is known for being very accurate with his predictions. And uh, here it is. It's from Zero Hedge. French historian World War III has already begun. A French historian who accurately predicted the fall of the Soviet Union over a decade in advance says that World War III has already begun as a result of the conflict in Ukraine. The comments were made by Emmanuel Todd, one of France's lead intellectuals, during an interview with Le Figaro newspaper. Quote, It is evident that the conflict, initially a limited territorial war, has evolved into a global economic confrontation between the whole West on one side and Russia, backed by China. On, on another, it has become a world war, Todd said. Todd added that the resistance of the Russian economy is pushing the U.S. imperial system toward the abyss and that Biden must, quote, hurry to rescue a fragile America. According to the historian, U.S. control of the world financial system is at risk because the Russian economic resistance to sanctions is, quote, pushing the imperial system toward the precipice, with Russia still able to rely on China for monetary backing. 
Todd says, America cannot withdraw from the conflict. They cannot let go because it has no exit strategy and the stakes are too high. So this is emblematic of the situation in East Palestine. The, the train literally has come off the tracks, as they repeatedly do in the Biden administration. And so we're left with an inept government that doesn't know how to fix problems and doesn't know how to prevent problems. And this East Palestine story is really, look at the border. There's another good example of a president who refuses to show up. Again, listen to Nick one more time, Nick Sorter, resident, and the fear in his voice. What, what he is saying is happening in his community is, is so metaphoric for what's happening right now across the United States in city after city. It's not just a train being derailed. It's criminal justice. It's the uh, lack of uh, too much government intervention when it when it doesn't count trying to control our lives by mandating new energy policy that's having a destructive effect on people's homes. And they don't care. They don't care. Uh, it was a, a little boy that had asked uh, why he can't play outside uh, and in the creek uh, due to this smell. And the Ohio EPA guy responded and said, uh, well, it's it, the smell is not it's not harmful. It's just uh, a mixture of dead fish and uh, chemicals. Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg could really make this town more confident and make them feel less helpless with doing something as simple as just visiting. OK, because they feel forgotten. They, they feel forgotten. They feel like they're going to be just left behind once everyone from the media is gone. And, you know, who knows what 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 happens after that? That's a great question. And we all feel that way. We all feel this way from our president right now. We all feel left behind as he continues on his terror rage uh, throughout the world. I mean, he's just leaving little droplings of feces everywhere. And we're supposed to clean up after the mess. We're supposed to take his mess and make it work again. It's just, it's a good example of what bad leadership can do. I mean, there has never been a president, in my opinion, that has exhibited this much horrible, horrible leadership. 